I am Tova Cito. And I am Janice Gant. And we believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And that it is our job to get us there. Every week, we will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The The Remedy. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the very next episode of The Remedy with Tovacito and Janice Gant and Kevin Ebling. Welcome back, guys. Thanks. Yeah, well, you're welcome Feels like it's been back. a long time. I know. I was does. thinking that just the other day, but it hadn't really been that long. No, it's, well, it's been, what, 10? You, you, we recorded early last week. I was thinking on Saturday it. had been a long time, but at that point it had only been a week. It had been a week. Okay, yeah. so tell us about yeah, how the, big, was it? the big trip to Galveston. It was good. I don't know. I mean, it wasn't a big trip. It was just a couple of days, but... Have I ever joked I with you guys? Trip's a big trip. Oh, for me, it is definitely because I don't. <laughs> me too. I don't like to do it very often. Have I ever joked with you guys about how Lisa and I always have the worst luck on vacations? No. Oh, horrible stuff like always happens. Nothing works out the way we plan. Seriously? It's like it's funny. It's we always have a good time. I love but that attitude. So many different things have happened. My favorite is the time that we finally got to the beach in Fort Walton and they shut the beach down. Oh, why? Because the rest area there was a plumbing problem and they can't have people on the beach unless there's an area where you're allowed to like. Have a Go to bathroom. The bathroom. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we had like went to the wall and like, we'll find another one down the road. And we ended up at this spot under a bridge, and they're like, all these like Lisa <laughs> was so pissed. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. Um, but this one, we we love Galveston because we love to go to that place, Nick's. It's like our favorite restaurant. So our first night we get there and everything closes at nine. So we're like, all right, it's eight o'clock, we have time. We don't want to be those people who show up right before it closes, you know? Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. So we get there, um, we get our name in and we wait and they call us. It's about eight thirty and we go inside. Cause on the outside everything's the same as always. We get inside and uh they completely remodeled. The place is like horrible. There's like tarps and paint everywhere. It's like it's like all messed up. Oh. It was creepy. <laughs> And I'm like, I'll still eat here. I don't care. And Lisa's like, I'm not eating here. I'm like, she's like, I don't like this at all. Like, I want to go somewhere else. I'm like, all right, we'll find another restaurant. But then we get out. We realize it's 8:30. Every place closes at nine because we got in on a Sunday. Oh. So we could not figure anything out. And I ended up eating filet of fish from McDonald's. Oh. I'm like, I'm looking out at the Gulf eating fish from McDonald's. That's not from the no. ocean. Yeah. <laughs> we're sitting in our car trying to figure out what to do, and we're looking at this place, Gatos. It's like a hotel and like little resort thing. It's kind of old fashioned and like uh-huh. kind of cheesy, but it's like on the same park parking lot is Nick's and there's like nobody there it's not crowded and like it looks nice I'm like why didn't we stay there again she goes because I wanted the heated pool so we stayed at the Hilton I'm like you're right and then I look over oh, at this huge oh you remembered huge... where you're staying yes I remember <laughs> I look over at this huge marquee for Gatos and I just pointed my finger at it and she goes what and looks over and it says Gatos enjoy our heated pool <laughs> <laughs> So then we're like, it's all good. Then the next day, we get down to the pool. It's a pool, hot tub area, you know, the heated pool. It's a really nice pool, but it is like packed to the gills with people, kids. There's like 12 people in the hot tub packed in there, and we were just like, <laughs> gross. No, I would not get into that hot tub. So that day, we're like, you know what? Okay, the pool sucks. We'll go get drinks. We'll just go drink at Nick's. Like, we'll sit out on the patio, because now it's yeah. daytime, you know, and and what, on the, the patio, weather it looks was the good? same. No, we froze our balls off. Like it was so <laughs> freaking cold. But the food was great, and we had cocktails and whatnot. And then, thanks to you guys, we had a great dinner at Landry's. Good. And then we had another great one at the Fisherman's Wharf. So everything worked out. Oh, good. The pool was kind of a bust. Nick's was a little bit of a bust, but still, we had a really good time. I'm so. So did you glad. get in the ocean? No, no, no. No skinny. No way. This time of year would I go in no the ocean? No skinny dipping in the ocean. No. Definitely you, not. Don't you, you always s- do that? But anytime before, 
No. I'm not always skinny dip in the ocean no matter where we are. Like you go in naked? No, I'm teasing. Oh, I was just saying. Oh, I, I was like, I kind of like to do that too. I would go into the ocean. <laughs> I would like to do and it. And then take no. my shorts off. But I'm not I'm not getting naked in front of people in Galveston. I don't want to get arrested. No, I've I would I would do that like early in the morning. I have done that early in the morning or late at night. Like Get in the ocean. It feels so good. To I would be in the jump ocean in and then naked. pop my trunks off for sure. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I would do that. Yeah. Did y'all think I was serious? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I was like, right on. <laughs> I like doing the same thing. I didn't for a second think that that was embellished. <laughs> Especially when it's like a real warm ocean. Yeah, yeah, and, it has to yeah. be real warm. Like it does feel really good to be in an ocean. Without a bathing suit the on. The thing about it that I don't water like. Water in general. I don't like yeah. to, I don't like to get in the ocean at night. No, it's too creepy for me. Yeah. I oh, don't really? Yeah. Because I don't. I've never done it. I don't. I, I, huh. I'm afraid a shark would get me. Me too. <laughs> oh. My father-in-law and I like to scuba dive and he like, we'll do night dives. And I'm like, no way. Way oh, too no. creepy. Yeah, no. I I don't think I would enjoy scuba diving. No. Really? Yeah. Oh, scuba diving is the best. No, I don't think I would enjoy. I think it would it's make like me feel claustrophobic. And I've no like I love to snorkel. I love to see beautiful coral and but this, there's something about going down and relying on this thing on me to make me and I don't really have neither one of us like hang-ups or I'm not claustrophobic, but I feel like that that would make me feel a little claustrophobic. Yeah. yeah, that's what my mom said. She felt claustrophobic. Yeah, really? having that mask on her face and the thing in your mouth—it's like I, I'm just not, and I don't—I'm not that interested in what's happening in the deep sea. No, me neither. Well, we okay. got to thank our sponsor today. Yeah. Um, this woman sent a very generous donation in. Wendy Poston. Do you know Wendy oh, Poston? Oh, I know her so well. She's so precious. Well, Willie Payne. Willie. Yeah. Poston. I don't know what. Yeah, Payne. Yeah. Yeah, she is just beyond fabulous and so beautiful oh, inside she's so and out. Beautiful. And very generous. And she loves the remedy. Oh, Wendy, gave... you are so precious. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Yep. And thank you for letting us be loud. Yeah, and loving us even <laughs> uh-huh. when we are. <laughs> loving um, us for being loud. Okay, so I suggested that we talk about this uh, topic today. Uh, I'll kind of give a little bit of an introduction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was meeting with a girl last week, and um, <clears throat> this girl has a very difficult time. Um, like, she she comes to me, and I'm sure that you've experienced this as well, Janice. She comes to me for counseling, but it wasn't until, like, I'd been counseling with her for, like, a year that she really started to tell me what was, what going was on. really going on. Uh-huh. Like, I would talk to her and I would think, you know, I understand why she wants me in her life, but like she had a, she has a weekly standing appointment and I was like, but it wasn't until a year. I mean, we'd been meeting a year that she sat down and told me exactly what was happening and exactly why she was coming Uh and exactly how she was feeling. And I mean, she was falling apart. And she she kind of masked that, even for me. You know, it's like, uh-huh. you're paying me, and I have no judgment. Like, come and tell me whatever you want. I mean, you're going to leave, and it leaves with you. Right, like, I don't, right. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm not going to judge you. Like, But I'm sure you've experienced that. Well, 
Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you, you experienced that with me because it took me a while to warm up to this idea of this is a safe space Mm -hmm. where I can actually tell you my truth without feeling like I'm going to be judged or I'm going to like it it just some for some people it takes a while right right but one of the things that i told her is i i told her i was so glad that she shared what was really going on inside of her with me and i said you know janice my counselor has shared with me many times that in order to heal it i need to feel it uh-huh. <laughs> and she looked at me like a little perplexed and she said but i don't I don't even know how to do that. Right. Like right. I, I, how do you how do you feel your feelings? I, like sometimes I don't even uh, she has all like the side effects of mm-hmm. her feelings but not really knowing the feeling. Mm-hmm. And so I texted you and was like I think we, you know if she's experiencing this and I've experienced this. Yeah, I experienced it too. Then how do we help people? What is the remedy to feeling your feelings? Right. Right. Recognizing your feelings, feeling your feelings, healing from your feelings, all the things. Well, the so I'll, I'll give a little bit of background. Um, so when I went back to graduate school, I uh, was doing uh, getting hours at Timberland Mental Hospital, and it was the um, we treated it was the dual diagnosis unit of addiction and also uh, mental disorders. And so we would have people just revolving through it. You know, they'd get sober for a few weeks, and then they'd be back in there, or they would get off their drugs for a few weeks, and then they'd be back in there, or or they would get out of their depression seemingly, and then they'd be back in there. Mm -hmm. And so there was just such a revolving door around it, and I I kept thinking, there's just got to be a better solution. So then uh, a woman named Betty Dickens, uh, she was the Dallas representative for the Meadows Treatment Center in Wickenburg, Arizona. Mm -hmm. So she and I were talking one day, and she said, you you ought to go out to uh, the Meadows, and Pia Melody, who is probably changed the format for psychotherapy more than anybody else ever and Such she an said amazing thing to say about she somebody. said you you should go out there and train with her <laughs> and so I did so I went out there and there were there were five of us that came in and spent five days with real intense training with her and what she did she has written a book called um uh, codependent, no, not codependent no more. That's Melody Beatty, but that's a really good book too. But it's the, um, oh gosh, now I'm blank. Anyway. I know what you mean. I'm feeling very dissociative right now myself. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. Anything, anything by Pia Melody, but it's at the, no, it's facing codependence. That was hers. And so what she, what she did, she was a nurse. And when she was working in a hospital, what she identified was that so many of these mental disorders were the result of people not realizing the different elements of reality. So you have a thinking reality, you have a feeling reality, you have a body reality, like when you're tired, and you have, uh, and so the ability to identify and separate all of those 
gives you the power in order to, to heal it. Mm. Because what most of us do, most of us were not taught, especially in the South, um, and and for men in particular, they were not taught to discuss their feelings. I mean, mm-hmm. if you have a bunch of big football players in the huddle, they're not talking about being afraid, mm-hmm. or nobody talks about feeling sad, or even if people are crying, they don't necessarily say, I feel sad. Mm-hmm. So what a lot of people will do is they'll blend the two, so they'll say, I feel like you are being an Dis- dismissing me. Mm-hmm. Well, that is not a feeling. That mm-hmm. is what you think. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that the That's only a really good point. Yeah. That's so a really what, good. Yeah. Point about when to use how important it is to you need use to, your words. Yes, it and is. Choose your words carefully. Well, it's very important that you differentiate mm-hmm. between thinking reality mm-hmm. and feeling reality mm-hmm. because if you blend them and get them confused then you won't know what you're feeling and in order to heal the feeling you have to identify it Mm -hmm. so there are basically so what she taught me was that in order for people to get to the root of their of their disorders or of their um the thing in their life that isn't working they have got to be able to differentiate between those two things, mm-hmm. and they have got to be able to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, nobody ever taught me, nobody ever said to me, oh, Janice, you look like you're really, really sad. Do you, Is that what you're feeling? I mean, my mother never said that to me. <laughs> my dad, dad never said that to me. Mm-hmm. And my sister, if I was crying, she would call me a crybaby and tease <laughs> me and all of that. So there was no... There, we didn't talk about feelings. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about anger. We didn't. We weren't even able to label them. Mm-hmm. And so it it just so what she says is if people can't heal these basic components, they're not going to get well mm. because that is the source of so many disorders, mental disorders, depression, anxiety, all of those things. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so she. I love it. You've said that before on here that anxiety and depression is unresolved feelings. Right. Right. Like that, that is a direct, unless you, I mean, is it true that unless you have something like. No, well, no, it's so, so if you're not feeling your feelings, Mm -hmm. but you have all of that energy, emotion is energy and motion. It's in your body. Then you will have. Uh, then the brain chemistry changes, mm-hmm. and that's what what depression and anxiety disorders are about. Is there's you know some of the neurotransmitters are not being produced in the right, and that's what a lot of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicines will do. Is they'll help stabilize the brain chemistry, but the source of it all is pulling up and looking at what you're feeling and learning what to do about it. So what Pia did is she identified eight basic feelings. Every other feeling that exists is underneath one of these. Mm -hmm. So, like, the first one is anger. I'm just going to read the eight, Mm -hmm. and then we can get into the, like, the resentment. The the, sub ones. uh The Mm -hmm. sub ones. So anger, fear, Pain, joy, passion, love, shame, and guilt. Those are the only feelings that exist. Mm -hmm. 
And then the others that are underneath those are for anger, it's resentment, irritation, or frustration. So if somebody says, I'm not angry, I'm just frustrated. Then you say, well, that's the same Uh thing. (laughs) Frustration is a form of anger, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. I I have said that. Me too. And and I'm not somehow, mad, I'm just frustrated. Yeah, and somehow it's like somehow <laughs> makes me a better human. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like well, I'm not angry. I'm just really, really frustrated. Yeah. yeah. Or irritated. Yeah. <laughs> or, or feeling resentment. I might be yeah. having that exact conversation after this episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So irritation is anger, Kevin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then fear is apprehension, feeling overwhelmed, or feeling threatened. Mm-hmm. Then pain is hurt, pity, sadness, or loneliness. Why would why would pity be in pain? Be, it, yeah. Because it, when you are feeling sorry for yourself, you're sad. It uh, hurts. You're hurt. It hurts. You're feeling sorry for yourself because you're hurt, and you're hurt because something happened that yeah. doesn't feel good. Yeah. So it's oh so if somebody says I'm feeling you know I'm feeling really sorry for myself for your for myself then you can say oh wow you're in pain mm. you know so um, and then joy is happy elated and hopeful passion is uh, enthusiasm desire and zest what is zest like soap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's Green like soap. very good smelling soap. <laughs> Zest is like a, that feeling, like I felt last night after Texas Tech won oh, the yeah. won the basketball right. game. I was screaming in the house. Tom was out of town. I was a wreck, and I was filled with filled with zest. Zesty. <laughs> I was, she was, very I zesty. was zesty. <laughs> I had some real joy. And then our passion. I've had the joy mixed with passion. Then you can combine these. Mm. You know, like mm-hmm. you can have joy pain. Fear and anger. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then love is affection, uh, tenderness, compassion, warmth. And shame is embarrassed, humble, and feeling exposed. Mm-hmm. And then guilt is regretful, contrite, remorseful. So... So the reason why this is so important is that if you can identify, and I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even, well, once you get the hang of this, you would not even need the sub, the sub components because now I'll say, yeah, I'm feeling, if I'm feeling anxious, I'll say, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling afraid, mm-hmm. you know? So mm-hmm. I know that that, if I'm feeling anxious, I'm really, I was anxious last night when the when the basketball player was shooting the last two free throws and we, we were going to win the game. <laughs> and I was very anxious. <laughs> Ridiculous. Love what she gets anxious about. I know. I could never get anxious about a sporting event. I'm like, Tom, aren't you so lucky that you have a wife that loves sports like this? And he's like, well, because I mean, I'm like, okay, don't turn off the basketball. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. Yo, you're in it to win it. I'm in it to win it. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so so then what happens is if we recognize those feelings, then we're like, oh, okay, gosh. I'm feeling sad. Wonder why I am sad. What am I sad about? 
or what am I afraid of? So naming, naming the feeling and, and, and finding the source. And then you can go to the source. So the feeling is kind of like the, the, the weed above or the flower above, and then the root of all of that is something that once you look at it and you think, oh, I wonder, what, wonder why I'm feeling low, like mm-hmm. somebody might say. Well, mm-hmm. they're probably sad. Mm-hmm. They may be sad or they may be afraid. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's then once you identify that, you're going to want to give yourself permission to have it, to have that feeling. Mm -hmm. And because one of the things that we don't ever want to say to our children is, well, you shouldn't feel like that. Mm -hmm. Or, well, that's ridiculous, Mm -hmm. you know, because you're shaming them for having a human emotion, which is what feelings are. And so then once you look at it and you can either change your circumstances or sometimes just talking about it, like when that girl was able to really connect with herself as to what she was feeling, then then you can take that and you can ride with it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that you're like, okay, and then what can you do? Well, you sometimes what you do with the opposite is to implement the opposite. So if you're feeling sad then you can think of what are some things that really make me happy. And then you can do some of that that will help counter uh, the effects of the sadness. Mm-hmm. But sometimes when one, then when I left there, I worked at a treat, another treatment center, addiction treatment center, and one of the things that I taught all the addicts were really how to identify their feelings. And... Um, and then, and then we would talk about, I would say to them, you know, a feeling is emotion, energy, emotion that's in your body, probably created by the brain because you've made up a story about something or something's happened. And then one of the things that I taught them to do was to come up with an image of that feeling just passing through them. Mm-hmm. So I said, like, one of them, it could be sitting on a bus stop and you're feeling really angry. So the bus comes, and on the front of the bus it says anger, Mm -hmm. and then you recognize it, oh, that's the anger bus. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm just gonna sit here, and I'm gonna breathe, breathe up, and blow out. That's gonna release the abdomen, and then the bus just travels on, and there goes my anger. Mm -hmm. So if I feel it, then I'm not gonna be riding on it so to speak mm-hmm. and then another another uh so is it so is it is it the thought of like being an observer of your feeling versus being entangled well you, where you yes yes to a certain extent yes you, you're going to be entangled in it until you recognize it and let it pass through you mm-hmm. because feelings are not absolutes yeah they're not facts they're not facts. Mm-hmm. They're real, and you feel them, mm-hmm. and it affects our bodies a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you recognize it and you allow yourself permission to feel it, if, like, for example, if you're feeling angry, 
then allow yourself to feel angry. As women, we've kind of been taught, you know, don't be angry, don't be angry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, but if you allow, allow yourself to feel, feel angry, and maybe you can talk about it, or you can hammer na- uh, nails mm-hmm. into something, and, mm-hmm. you know, or you can breathe it in, breathe it up, and blow it out, and all of that, then that anger will help to dissipate through your body. Or maybe you could have to go talk to somebody about it or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then another image that I really liked was sitting on, like sitting on Adam in the grass. And a cloud, you see a cloud coming. And that cloud just passes over you. Like if you've been on a mountaintop, you know, and you see, and the clouds are up there and they pass over you, through you, whatever, they're mm-hmm. around you. Mm-hmm. So then you can visualize that dissipating mm-hmm. because resistance creates persistence when it comes to feeling. And so those feelings can get bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's why so, you know, yeah. anger, people who get really angry will hit somebody or they'll shoot somebody or mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And like with, with, being a new mom, I, I remember when Bren was born and she cried a lot the first like three months. And I remember one night just I had been up with her all night and I was sitting in the rocking chair with her and she was just so precious, but she was crying and I was so tired. And I thought to myself, I understand why somebody could, a single mom mm-hmm. could have get, get so overwhelmed mm-hmm. that they hurt lose a child. Mm-hmm. They lose it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm go- really glad you said that mm-hmm. because what you feel, you won't lose it. I mean, you mm-hmm. it it mm-hmm. will go away. Well, this is classic. I've I've seen this a lot with couples, and I'm mm-hmm. I'm interested if you have too. But uh, I notice this in a lot of men where they don't often. They sometimes not often. You're really good at it, Kev. Sometimes don't allow themselves to feel the feeling. They don't even know feel. that they're feeling. Yes. It. Yeah. And but they. It's it's like a bubbling volcano, it's it, and so the volcano is kind of always bubbling, and then something like somebody pulls out in front of them in traffic, yeah, or yeah, or, or something that seem seems insignificant, and then they just the that volcano just happens to be the catalyst erupts, so, yeah, yeah, and 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 it's kind of like the punishment doesn't fit the crime. But when I notice that in people, I'm like, there's more to this story, you know? Like, it's just they're not allowing themselves to feel the feeling mm-hmm. and and let the cloud pass mm-hmm. through them and around them. Yeah. And so it's just kind of always an, a, a bubbling volcano. And then something that just seems to be irrelevant, it's like they explode and you, it's you like, can do that even if you are feeling it and you know you're feeling it what the hell is this you're just not expressing like, it to other people what is this uh-huh. you know where you is know, this coming from so there's a there's a part of all of this that if you were not raised in a family system that taught you how to feel then what happens in environments where people are filled with feelings but nobody's talking about it and nobody's doing anything about those feelings Children will absorb that energy. Absolutely. And there's, because there's, there's uh, on the back side of the sheet, not this one, but the one that, um, that she gave me was the carried feelings. And there's, there's the ability to differentiate with, is this my feeling reality 
or is am I carrying it from somebody else? Mm. So if you absorb it and you and you learn to identify that from the location in their body, which we could talk about that next time if we wanted to, um, but it's that so. So when we are not, like if we're angry, but we're seething with it, mm-hmm. and it goes out in the environment, and children don't have a boundary system, mm-hmm. and so they'll suck it in, mm-hmm. and then they'll act it out. Mm-hmm. If somebody, if there's a teenager, that if somebody brings a teenager in my office, and that adolescent is furious, mm-hmm. I know there's something going on in that family system. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, if the whole family, if y'all, the adults aren't going to be in here, I can't do anything with it. Right, right. Because the teenager can't do it yeah, yeah, without yeah. that. Yeah, I'm sure. And because men have had have just not been taught that it's okay to feel those feelings. Mm-hmm. Well, like, I have two teenage boys. They don't seem to want to feel their feelings. Who does? Once you recognize it, mm-hmm. now you, you and I You want to feel know, the good ones. Yeah. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah, but, but we don't want to identify those feelings. We don't even want to admit we have them a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But if they, but it's, if you think that feeling them is going to, now with your kids, I guarantee they have emotional memories in their body that are not good. Oh, yes, they and do. And so that's... Yeah, those are pretty deep-seated. So mm-hmm. some of those feelings, you know, it could almost feel so big because mm-hmm. you've got a current day anger, let's say, mm-hmm. and then let's say if they were abused when they were younger, then they have that feeling as well, and that mm-hmm. can be really overwhelming. So that's one of the things that you can teach people is, you know, like if they're acting it out, mm-hmm. then you can say, okay, let's talk about this. What is the current day anger about? Mm-hmm. And then is there something that's historical mm-hmm. that is linked to that? Mm-hmm. And that's where that family of origin stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. You know, like your kids are, and I don't know if they've already done some of this. They're, I don't know. They probably haven't, they're probably too young. But at some point in time, <coughs> they'll have to look at probably some of that because a lot of times these sort of, um, unrecognized feelings and experiences don't come to the surface mm-hmm. until early adulthood, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe 20s or 30s, mm-hmm. you know. And so there, it's very interesting, and it's deep-seated. Oh, yeah. But if you can name it, mm-hmm. it's going to help you. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, oh, I was created with this capacity to feel mm-hmm. so... I can feel it, and it's not. Nobody ever died from feelings. Yeah, but God, it sure feels like sometimes you're gonna I die. No, it does. I I have so many thoughts about what you said, but one one of the things that you said a few minutes ago, is, and we talked about briefly, is feelings are not facts. Mm-hmm. So a couple of weeks ago, Anna Prin and I got into a disagreement, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. she. I mean, her and I, I can count on my hand how many times we've had a heated. And, and we don't yell, mm-hmm. but, you know, we probably three or four times we, it's been heated. Uh-huh. And she said, she said that something that I did hurt her feelings. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I was like, well, that wasn't my intention. And she was like, you, I, I feel that she, she, it was something about how she felt like I wasn't being forthcoming or something. I and and but she had created a story in her head about something. Yeah. And I was like, "Well, that's not true." And she was like, "Well, that's how you make me feel." And I was like, "Well, 
feelings are not facts. And she looked at me and she was like, my feelings are facts. And I go, no, your feelings are your feelings. But just because you're feeling that feeling, it doesn't mean that the reason you're having that feeling is what happened. Mm -hmm. Feelings are not facts in a friend. And she was like, she like sat down on her bed. She was like, damn, Ma, that's good. Mm -hmm. She's like, I never thought that my feelings, she was like, I've always thought my feelings were facts. I go, your feelings are not facts. It's not factual. They're, They're valid because you're feeling them. Right, right. You know, but just because you are feeling like I blank, that doesn't mean I blank. Well, what she didn't feel, so so when she said, I felt like you were doing, that's not a feeling. The feeling yeah, yeah, is yeah. anger. Yes, yes, the yes. The thought is, so if you can differentiate yeah, between the really thought point. and the actual feeling, mm-hmm. then you can keep those separate. Mm-hmm. Okay, I feel angry because I made up that you are making fun of me. Yeah. And that hurt my feelings. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that because I made that up. Right, 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 right. So right. then you S- can. Such a good example. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Such really. a good example about how to use that tool of thinking and feeling and, and differentiating, mm-hmm. the, differentiating the two. Yeah. So if somebody comes in and they say, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, my husband did blah, 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 then I might say, so what are you feeling? And if they say, well, I'm, I'm feeling like they shouldn't have done that. And I'll be like, okay, no, that's what you're thinking. So tell me what you're feeling. Mm. Well, and then I'll hand them the sheet <laughs> and they're like, uh, <laughs> pain, you know? Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, oh, okay. Cause a lot of what we end up feeling happens because we make up the facts, stories. the story mm-hmm. that... And the stories are not necessarily the facts. Not not always. Yeah. They could be. They, they might be. not be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you might have just thought they were. Yeah. <laughs> and then you all of a sudden have these feelings that that are your feelings. I would never deny my... No. Although I can't... I, I have shared this here in our podcast before that I can be very dismissive of my children's not not of the boys because they don't have a lot of feelings. So if they give me a feeling, I'm oh, like, oh, they have feelings. They're just not talking about. Oh them. yeah, no, I I know they have a my boys have a ton of feelings. You know what's funny is I I sometimes think my kids could give two shits about me, where I go, what I do, da da da. da. And I always tell my kids like, oh, I'm going to blah blah blah, or I'll mm-hmm. be right back, or hey, I got to run to the store, or, I'm going out with so and so, or and I'm always very, but this one night I just didn't tell the boys and, but I told Anna Prynne, the boys weren't home. They were at practice. So I told Anna Prynne, but I didn't tell the boys. And Carter asked Anna Prynne when he got home, he'd been home like an hour and he's like, where's mom? And she was like, oh, she went out with blah, blah. I don't even remember what I was doing. And he was like, so she just wasn't going to tell us like, she like she always tells us she she's just not gonna and Anna Prin texted me she said you forgot to tell the boys that you were going out like you might wanna you might wanna tell uh-huh. them where you and I was like that actually made me feel good I was like this gives me insight into the fact that like they do have I mean th- boys often act like they don't care teenagers often act mm-hmm. like they don't care 
but they care. They care. Yes. They care a lot. And uh, I do worry about my kids and the abuse that they, that because it's so easy for me to see as an adult, like how it impacts how the abuse that they went through impacts who they are becoming Mm -hmm. and how they've all coped with it differently. Like Carter wants to forget where he came from. He doesn't want to talk about Africa. He wants to prove that he's the best. He's always got to be number one. Um, He's, he can never be wrong. Like no criticism. He's really hard on everybody. Um, He's hard on his brother, his sister, his teammates and I mean, it's, and it's like all so easy to see because of where he's, mm-hmm. what he's been through. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I'm not going to sit down and have that conversation with Carter. I'm not going to do an analysis of him, but it does make me worried about how so, is that going to, that is going to come out. Mm-hmm. It will. In a relationship, in a <clears throat> yeah. friendship on, mm-hmm. with a teammate. You know, he's kind of gotten away with it because he is the best. He's the most popular. He's the best looking. He's the most athletic. Like everywhere Carter goes, he, he's got fangirls and fan boys, you know. And so he hasn't had to be accountable for those things quite yet. But I'm really looking forward. And George and Anna Prynne have their version of it. It manifests differently. But but it is just such a, a uh, such a like glaring uh, view of what happens when we don't feel the feelings, when we don't, when we don't let the cloud pass through, Um, you know, Carter does not want to talk about any feelings at all. If I ask him anything, it's one word answers. He wants Mm -hmm. nothing to do with feeling his feelings. But what's interesting is with his girlfriend, he feels all his feelings. I've like seen him mm-hmm. be that way with her. He can he's he can be very vulnerable with her. He can be very exposed. He's so thoughtful and kind to her, and so that has given me a lot of hope mm-hmm. in oh yeah in his ability to be that kind of man. Yeah, you know, a lot of times uh, one of the one of the warning signs of a historical event playing itself out in the present is the level of extreme reactivity that people have. So if if somebody doesn't call and let's say let's say one night Carter doesn't call and and you are worried about him and worried about him and worried about him and then he shows up and you are furious like fuming then you're probably really scared Mm -hmm. because you might have worried about is he okay Mm -hmm. and you know what it's like to lose a child Mm -hmm. and you don't want to lose another one Mm -hmm. and so the your level of fear around that could be bigger than somebody else's so that's if if you know so then you another thing tool that people can have is to identify is this Today, am I reacting mm. to what's going on right now, or is this historical? Mm. And if it's huge, then it's probably historical. That is such a great reminder to all of us, because we all have historical stuff. Oh, we all do. And if, even if we sat around as a little child and watched <laughs> our parents fight, 
that's going to be a trauma. Oh, yeah. You know, and there, and that if it was big and it was loud and you were scared to death, then, mm-hmm. you know, you may have this driving urge to do everything right and to people please everybody. And then that, but that could be too big for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be an anxiety driven performance mm-hmm. because of the fear of the fallout that somebody might leave or somebody might die or somebody might hit you or whatever that is. Mm -hmm. So you differentiate between the levels and is this current, is this historical? Mm -hmm. And then it really does kind of help because then you're like, oh, oh, no, that's, you know, that's, I mean, like I've said in here a bunch of times that, you know, if Tom is... I don't know, something's going on with us or whatever, or he's not happy with what I'm doing or something, and I want that urge to run, that's that Mm 16-year-old. So that's that little girl acting out of anger Mm -hmm. or frustration. I'm frustrated because of what he's feeling or whatever, Mm -hmm. and so I'm going to go because that's what I did. Mm -hmm. So, but I don't do that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can't go. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. then you really get, you're you're kind of your own little psychotherapist, but it's pretty easy to identify. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I used to have people- Very helpful. To write down the feeling, write down how old they feel, Mm -hmm. write down the memory, the, Mm -hmm. the cognitive memory of that experience and how that child felt- and then you can create an adult response. Mm. So you're going to cut it into sections and dissect it and see, is this adult and I'm just really mad? Mm-hmm. Or is this significant of something that I experienced in childhood? Mm. So that is uh, that that will help people identify how real it is. One thing that I... Um, so good. One thing that I suggest that parents do is they they take this like a feel this feeling chart which write down these eight um these eight feelings and pass it around the table and I say you can do food for feelings so you don't get your dinner (laughs) until you identify what you're feeling right then and what you've kind of felt during the day and then you get to then they get to eat what an amazing (laughs) what an amazing exercise to do with young children because then it becomes normal yeah to feel your feelings I wish I did that with I, my younger kid, yeah, when my children too. were younger. Now they just sit around the table and be like, you want me to what? Yeah, then to- <laughs> do it. No, all you have to do is identify I your feeling and then you then you can eat. Yeah, I was I such a stubborn kid that I would have just been like, fine, I won't eat. Uh, <laughs> I would have called the bluff. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> I can easily not eat and turn, you know, for purpose of to not solita- solidarity yeah or, uh, <laughs> now so resolve rather so your assignment kevin is to go home and ta- tape this on your refrigerator that sheet and you and elise discuss your feelings oh man that sounds horrible <laughs> <laughs> so, it's so good though it's so important well and because you know when you think about it if you have like if you carry a lot of anger from your childhood and then maybe a first marriage that didn't work or something you got fired from a job or something, and you're carrying that around, that's mm-hmm. resentment and that's anger. Mm-hmm. And then it's probably some fear in there too. Mm-hmm. And that will eat up your body. Yeah, it will make you sick. It will make you sick. It will make you sick. Because I just picture those cells just fighting against oh, yeah. one another. Oh, yeah. And that's it affects people's sleep. It affects people's ability to function well, have good thoughts. 
be positive, be yeah. gr- uh, find gratitude. I mean, it, it, it will permeate, get, get things done. I think it mm-hmm. permeates into all facets of our life. Yeah. It was so interesting when you were talking about how, when, so my, as you know, my parents fought terribly when I was growing up and it, when I say it scared the shit out of me, it scared the shit out of me. My, how early can you remember? How young? Uh, as early as you can remember. I remember my, I mean, I remember my little sister as a baby and we were on a road trip and my parents got in a screaming match. So I was probably five and she, my mom slammed my little sister down in the the middle of the seat between them because we didn't have car seats back then. Mm-hmm. And she was like, and she got out of the car and she started walking. And your, your mom, mom did. did? Yes, because they were fighting. So I mean, I, I, dishes flying. The fighting was so bad and so f- fus. Uh, Leaving, mm-hmm. them door sit- slamming. Oh, just horrible. Them sitting. I remember my dad's face being all scratched up. I mean, it was violent. It was scary. And so when I got married to Topher, Topher never fought. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and that was probably unnerving for you for a while. <laughs> Are you kidding? It felt out it of was place. A, no, it was a dream come true. <laughs> really? He and I, we were like. People, we were a couple that everybody looked at that they wished they were. That's such a drastic opposite, and though. We never fought, ever. We never... I can remember one fight, and, like, before I, before I found out stuff. But I... Like, one fight. And, and I just... I thought that that was amazing. Mm-hmm. But... What I didn't know is that I had feelings <laughs> in our marriage, and Topher had feelings in our marriage. He didn't want to feel his feelings because he had grown up in a, in a hard home, and um, I had grown up. And so if we created this fake house mm-hmm. where there were no feelings, and then we didn't have to feel our feelings, and you know we were just a happy couple then we had this false sense of safety mm-hmm. because to feel our feelings was so overwhelming to your point. I think that if I had ever allowed myself to feel my feelings, it, it, it would have been a tsunami mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. of not just mm-hmm. what was happening in that moment, mm-hmm. but what was left. I mean, the trauma that was in my home and my family was so big and it wasn't until I got divorced that I realized, oh my gosh, like we were just living in a fake house, you know, and how important it is to feel your feelings. Yeah, and it, and you don't, when you get used to feeling your feelings, you don't need to fight. Tom and I do yes. not fight. No, 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 it's not about fighting. We don't fight. We yes. disagree sure. and we can get angry and we can say, I feel angry about this and then we can go apart for a little bit and then we can get back together and resolve the conflict. Mm -hmm. And I think that the fights come most of the time when people have not felt their feelings or identified them. And so it's just like you said, it's like a tsunami. Mm -hmm. It builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And Mm -hmm. then it just, you can't, it's coming out of every, Mm -hmm. your nose, your eyes, your ears. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, you can't hold on to it. Well, I think what you said is so important because I, because it never, it, whatever it is, never really is, f- 
felt. Mm -hmm. It never gets resolved. Mm -hmm. And so what happens the next time is you not only have this situation, but you have all the situations that have come and gone before that have just never really been resolved. So what I bet when it comes to you and Tom is you have conflict. Conflict's healthy. Conflict is an opportunity for intimacy uh, because I think that it's somebody being vulnerable and wanting to mm-hmm. be seen and having fear about being seen. And then when they're seen and loved mm-hmm. anyway, it's amazing. And so I, th- I think it has an, it's an amazing opportunity to create more intimacy in your relationship. And then that creates safety. Mm-hmm. That creates what security. Wanting. We're not scared. I'm not afraid of Tom getting screaming at me or throwing anything at me or storming out the door or mm-hmm. there's just it, it eliminates so much of that. Oh, really, yeah. all of that. Yeah. Get if we're really mad at each other, then you know it takes about I don't know, fifteen minutes because we just don't have any of that residue. Yeah. That has built up. Yeah, it's a great word. And that's what I mean. If you if people can teach their children mm-hmm. how to do that, mm-hmm. and the best place for them to learn is in the home, mm-hmm. because you it, we don't want them not. You know, you don't want Carter to go to college and end up getting so mad that he, you know, throws something at somebody and mm-hmm. then gets in trouble. Or mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it, it and so it's just. And if we model that for our children and we model it in front of, you know, when you're with them and you give them permission, Mm -hmm. you know, to be able to say to your kids, you know, it's okay for you to feel angry at me. Mm -hmm. I totally understand why you're mad at me. Yeah. I'm not going to change my mind, (laughs) but I understand it. Totally. Whereas we couldn't even, if we, we couldn't get mad at our mom. Oh, God, no. I mean, no, 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 no. And my parents didn't throw things, and I mean, they would have some fights, some arguments, but they didn't. It wasn't violent at all, but it was still scary. Yeah, because nobody talked about it, any of it. And that's equally as scary. Yeah, yeah. And now, like when people avoid their feelings with me, that that's probably equally as scary to me as someone being violent, because I both. Both sides of that coin erode trust. Mm-hmm. Well, you're waiting for the shoe to drop, That's especially exactly for somebody like you who grew up in a family system that the shoe was flying mm-hmm. and it was dropping. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be on deep alert, mm-hmm. hyper vigilant about mm-hmm. that. So I could, I mean, it's good that you have the ability to talk about things mm-hmm. because because you might not have yeah no I have now I have to yeah but I had to learn it I know it and it's hard to learn yeah because you feel like you're like unzipping yourself from your head forehead all the way down to your belly button and you're cracking yourself open and you're like oh this is me that's what vulnerability feels like until that becomes a habit yeah but even then I mean I I don't I will unzip myself but I have to say every single time I unzip myself I feel that (laughs) like just because I do it, it doesn't mean I'm excited about it. I just know that it's, it's a grown up Tova that needs, needs to do it. Yeah. And then you feel, but then you feel closer to that person. Oh yes. It really is. It's a beautiful opportunity to be seen. It really does. Yeah. So how long, how long do you, if, if somebody has really never felt, 
their feelings and and has a very difficult time trusting their feelings or understanding their feelings or naming their feelings and and they start this process uh-huh and i know uh, this is probably a re- very difficult question but like it seems like this is like creating new pathways in uh-huh, your brain uh-huh. and and i think that anybody who's listening who's like wow i i really don't feel my feelings like uh-huh. and you we've given them some tools of how to feel their feelings uh-huh. but how long does it take to get to the point where you like how long of a practice is it before you're like before this becomes like now I feel like this is much more normal uh-huh, for me to uh-huh, feel my feelings. Uh-huh. But there was a time I did not feel any of my feelings. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to like think about how long of a process that was. And I feel like it was, it took a while and it took therapy. Like yeah. It really took therapy. Well, it takes a while to feel relatively comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. So what, what I would do is I would, I would start with, identifying joy and identifying passion Mm -hmm. and identifying love and then Mm -hmm. once you get used to Mm -hmm. identifying those because those are comfortable then what you might you not touch into sadness or which is pain Mm -hmm. or maybe fear fear. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean I think guilt is Mm -hmm. something that we can pretty easily identify within ourselves although we might not that can be the motivation for us to do some repair work with our with the person Mm -hmm. but the guilt is a great warning sign that we've uh, stepped outside of our value system so all we have to do with that is be like oh okay well I got to get back in my value system so Mm -hmm. you're not going to be fully exposed you know, so that's what I would do. I would just practice it a little bit. That's why I like the idea of identifying it. Yeah. You know? It's really good. It's I think that, that starting with those passion, love, joy is a great place to start. What's interesting to me and what I, I'm sure you have found fascinating too is oftentimes when people are afraid of their feelings, you would think, who would, who would deny themselves the feeling of love? Mm-hmm. Who would deny themselves the feeling of passion? Like, yeah. why would you avoid that? But if people avoid fear and anger and and shame, chances are they're also avoiding the passion, the joy, and the love. I, that's, a good, that's a great point, because, and that is very true. You will see people who don't feel some of those, some of the deeper, more intense feelings, they're going to be kind of flat. Mm-hmm. They don't have that wide berth of differential between some of these feelings so they're just going to be kind of like flatlined mm-hmm. you know don't they're, you think this affects uh their sexuality oh i definitely do that yeah. so it as much as it can hurt with the pain and the shame and the anger mm-hmm. is as much as it could also hurt with the love and the passion and the joy and why would you ever rob yourself of yeah. those things yeah Okay. And you know the thing about anger is that will a lot of times get us moving. Mm-hmm. It'll get us yes. moving in a direction sure that we want to go or we need to take some different steps. Mm-hmm. And so that anger can be really, really important mm-hmm. and protective. Yeah, I don't mind that sometimes. No, me neither. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that. Okay, great job! Wow, that was fast and furious. Fast? And that was very crazy. fast. Wasn't that good? Very I got good. A lot out of that. Okay, we hope that this. 
week has been a blessing to you, that you all have an amazing week. Thanks for listening. Hey, pass this on. Yes. To somebody, literally, like share it with your five best friends. Yeah. Um, hairdresser, that, milkman. Yeah. Yard guy. <laughs> My hairdresser listens to us. And he Mine does too. <laughs> y'all have an amazing week. Thanks for listening.